This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. Welcome to the Out of Bounds Podcast. My name is Adam Jabber, and we have a great episode for you today. It's a short one, um, but that's because we had to re-record because of a few reasons, but um, I kind of hit the hits and uh, chatted with Roy Bushfield a little bit, um, which is really cool. I really like, that's this is one of the dudes that I, just listening to this dude talk is enough for me. Like, I don't, I have no interest in... Um, talking like there's nothing that I can really bring to the table I think when when it comes to somebody like this um the dude is awesome I've looked up to him for a while um just as a person I think just because he's so like it just seems like he's a good dude and I I don't know him well enough and uh, I don't know him to say like yes or no, but like the dude actually seems like a really good dude. Um, he's always concerned about helping other people and helping the sport grow and you know and helping out others. So, um, and he's just excited about having a good time. And I feel like there's a really there's a very few amount of people um, that actually do both of those things. It's like people are either self righteous and want to help people and want to help others and. Um, and there's the other half of the coin that's like, oh, like we want to have fun. We want to like we want to party. We want to have a great time. And I think Roy Bushfield um, kind of encompasses both of those things. And I think that's uh, that's very rare, very unique. Um, I think it was Mike Powell told me one time that he's that Rory is the closest that Mike's ever seen to Shane. Um, and I think that's a huge that's a huge compliment. Like at least from hearing it. And I I agree. Um, I don't know Shane. Um, obviously, Mike would know much better than I would. But uh, for what he embodied and the way that people look at him, I would say that yeah, that's uh, it's it's similar. It's you know every everybody's their own person, and comparisons aren't always the best. But I uh, I think it's amazing. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It is short, but it's uh, it's hopefully sweet. And uh, we kind of hit the hits. And obviously, you know where to find Rory. It's at Bushy Wayne on Instagram. Um, we kind of kind of go through. We hit a few things. We talk X Games, Olympics. We talk planes. Why he started flying planes and all this good stuff. And Jindal Olympics. We talked about Jindal Olympics. That part was cool too. Um, so can't thank Rory enough for his time um, and uh, figuring this thing out with me. Um, obviously, we have a sponsor for today. Today it's Fisher Skis. Um, I feel like it's been Fisher Skis a lot lately, actually, but um, that's just because they're the best, and that's uh, that's what you do, right? When you have a sponsor that you like and that works well with you, um, we've got that. I'm like in the middle of an ad read, and I'm getting distracted with other thoughts, but um, Fisher's got some awesome stuff coming out, and I couldn't be more excited for you all to see them and to get your hands on them, and more importantly, to go skiing on them. Um, trans out boot, obviously I've been kind of blowing up everybody's heads with, uh, trans out boot, trans out boot, trans out boot. And that's cool. But, um, they have a whole product line. Um, you can be part of pink ski gang if you want, um, get some pink ranger one Oh twos once they land. Um, you can also be a part of, uh, blue ski gang if you want. I guess that's a thing. Um, that is a actual 
gang, so just be careful. Um, but yeah, <laughs> this is such a weird, this is barely even an ad read, but, um, Fisher's been great to me for a long time and I, yeah, and I'm psyched to be working with them. Um, I think they make awesome stuff and I think if you've been listening to the show, you know that. One of the things actually that I don't really talk about at all with Fisher is like they have an awesome price point boot. Like if you are getting into skiing and you're not like super geared out, wicked gearhead guy, um, they make a bunch of great price point boots. Like, I mean, at, you know, $299, you can get a 90 flex, like functional all mountain boot, um, that looks good. It doesn't look like a cheap boot. It feels good. It's got some actual flex to it. Um, they make some awesome race stuff. I mean, this is just, yeah, they're great. Um, and I think if you have Fisher gear questions or gear questions in general, I am so happy to talk about them. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's my story for, uh, for now. Um, be sure to listen to all the shows on the network. Uh, we are the Out of Collective, and there's a whole bunch of different shows going on right now. Obviously, there's my show, but there's also Big Stick Energy, um, the Undomesticated Outdoor Podcast um, with Renee McCurdy and uh, Tori Anderson. Um, they just had a great episode uh, last week with Alex Showerman, um, and then they have one with Indra as well, um, who's one of my favorite people to listen to um, always. Um Adam X has been doing some amazing interviews lately. Um, the dude is, uh, dude's dialed and I, uh, yeah, the, the dude's rad. He's just, he's got, he's very thoughtful and the way that he thinks about his questions is very different than mine. Um, but it's, uh, he's, he's a funny dude. So, um, and then there's coffee and van chats, John Kroom. Um, John is like the cyclist of the group. Um, we all ride bikes, but John is like a real, cyclist and he's a great interviewer i still like i think about that katie compton interview that he had quite a bit like he he leveled with her and he was like look like this is i have real questions for you and i have to ask them um that's a really hard thing to do as an interviewer is just be like hey you're a big name in cycling or you're a big name in skiing or whatever here's the thing you maybe don't want to talk about but we have to talk about it um and i think that interview really showed um how good he is as an interviewer so um, enough of me babbling on about everybody else. Um, be sure to leave a review on iTunes that goes for all four shows. So if you like big stick, you like the pursuit, you like me, you like John, um, leave us a five-star review. It helps a ton, helps people find the shows and makes it easier for me to ask for money when people want to sponsor the podcast. I can just be like, Hey, here's the deal. Um, bunch of cool stuff is coming out soon. We have some updated branding coming down the line. We have, I'm going to do a show update um, format-wise um, pretty soon, and I think that is going to be received really well. But we'll see, and we'll see if I can actually make it happen, um, and uh, and we'll go from there. So uh, without further ado, here is Rory Bushfield. Good to go. <laughs> I love that. I love banana bread, too. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Um all right, Roy, tell me a little bit, like, what what's your situation these days? What have you been doing? I saw Jindal Olympics was a couple weeks ago. Talk to me a little bit about that. I'm going to use this redo opportunity to talk to you about some of the cool shit that's going on currently. Nice. Yeah, man. The Jindal Olympics was a pretty big hit in the uh, in the old 99 corridor. It had <laughs> a lot more of a turnout than I thought. We had so much food for the food bank because I was the entry fee that I just wrote about one time on an Instagram post <laughs> and people caught on. There was so much food. It took three people to carry it up the hill back up to the truck. 
it was uh it was pretty cool man really really high sprays and uh great people turned out bad it was really funny we just rode a puddle under the bridge and uh put some ropes and stuff just some obstacles you know and some spray meters and then just a bunch <laughs> of really cool people showed up and we had an awesome day what what is it like what for people that aren't familiar what is the Jindal Olympics? What was the what was the idea? I, I get the food bank, but like what what was well, the whole we, purpose? We that we just three years ago we was there was a couple of us on a beach, and we were jindling behind the we just cut a piece of wood or cut a board out of a piece of plywood and tied a old shitty rope behind a quad, and it was a really really bumpy road beside the beside the water. So we made a team event of who could get. It's like you both had to drive, you both had to ride, and who could get the furthest? And uh, it was really, really funny. We were, we were like, I was, I was like yelling at the other teams. It's like, we came up with obviously, we're like, this is the Jindal Olympics, guys. <laughs> it's the, the longest ride wins, anyway. So the next year, we, uh, we were like, we should have a real Jindal Olympics. So last year, we had one, and a bunch of people came out. We had a spray o meter. And it was really fun. And then uh, this year, a bunch more people. It's just sort of a uh, just a silly event. <laughs> it fell into place. Not a lot of uh... this year. I put a bit of work into it. Cause it was all fun, you know. It was like Nando's gave us all chicken. Oh, for, like amazing. gave everybody chicken for the day. It was like supposed to be just a rainy Tuesday. That's what I wanted because we were like we didn't go on private property, and it was like I didn't want to get it shut down. But I was like a rainy Tuesday in September. It was like it'll weed the thick and the thin out, but a lot of people <laughs> showed up. There was everyone's wearing wetsuits and swimming around. It was pretty awesome. That's insane. It seems like you like doing events like this, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, it wasn't an intentional event, but I do. That's I what I mean. It's like not even a. Fun. It's not like an event. Like it's not on a billboard somewhere, but it's like you're just getting friends together and you're like having a good time. And it seems like I don't know. People enjoy watching that shit. It was pretty fun to do, man. I could have done a lot, but I should have hired an editor. Instead, <laughs> anything you watch was, I guess, uh, Terry or uh, Dave, but uh, Terry Cahill, the guy from FUBAR, he edited, he made one edit that was really good. That one's up there, too. That's amazing. Who who won? How do you how do you win? That's the spray. Like you get the highest spray. Yeah, highest. I mean, Mason won because he had. He was the only guy to ride with a projectile. He threw a spear, <laughs> stuck in the spear, and then and rode a board that he had carved, and uh, and then had a really sick spray and a nice turn out of it. It was a very, it was an outstanding run, and he had also put his son's naming. Like if you won the Jind Olympics, you got to name. Mason's son, because him and his girl got pregnant, they announced no that they're shit. having a baby, and he's like, and the winner of the Jind Olympics gets to name him. Oh <laughs> his girls, is the face, it was pretty funny, man. His girl's like, what, Mason? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, Mace, he showed up, and he rode, he rode his heart out. He won. Got to name his own son. Well, I guess that's the way it should be, eh? Like, I mean, that's... Imagine somebody. What would you have named a son? Now that I think about I this, I have no idea. I know I could have won easily. I was the judge. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, can I ask you a little bit? Like, what is your what does your career look like now versus I don't know ten years ago? Like, how has it changed? Like, it seems like the last few years, 
you're just pushing like having fun, right? Like going out and doing shit. Like even, I mean, even just flying planes, I think is fun shit. And you've been doing that for a while, but what, what about your career has changed? Like you're not just a skier anymore. And I don't know if you ever were just a skier, but what, what's different about your career in 2021 than say 2010? Yeah, it's, it's definitely broader. I have a lot, a lot more avenues to go down and, uh, it's it's evolved big time as a skier. I've been just was like put in the last decade trying to learn how to fly a ski plane, yeah, so that I can fly or you know I was like fly myself into a spot and stay as long you know like have the have control over the scenario, and not like have to pay the chopper and rely on other people and this and that. It's like to be able to grab your buds and hop in your plane and go out for a sick day is. It's basically the ultimate dream. So I've been working towards that for a decade, and it's just sort of coming to fruition. It's still so scary, man. I'm still there's so much to learn and so many things that I need in order to, you know, to make it better. And uh, and that's that's where my ski career is at for sure. That's my my goal for the rest of my life, just to try to ski out of that plane yeah. and other planes and uh, further and deeper and and the more you know the more confidence you get you have out there the better you can ski obviously it's like the last couple of years of it's like you get out there and you're like well there's a lot on the line if i don't make it down you know you got to pick your lines smart pick your days and your lines and and uh and do it properly because it's like a lot more than just like hurting your knee is on the line you know yeah for sure <laughs> What what made you want to get into it? Like, what made you decide, like, flying planes to go skiing is the way for me? Because, I mean, you've fully committed to this. I've heard you talk about it a million times, and I'm sure people have, too. It's almost like you are the skier that people associate with when they think about flying to go to a zone now. So what made you want to start doing that? Honestly, heli skiing, man. I was like, I love heli skiing, but the amount of stress that I would like, being this sick, like, up in Alaska – you know, three of the sickest riders is like you're in a situation where you're like you're spending a lot of money and most times like someone else's money, you know, <laughs> there's like in your and something and you come home and you don't get anything, you know, and you're just like this is like somewhat it's I, I felt like I just felt the need to be able to do it at a slower pace. You know, it's like we could yeah. get so much more if just we could have a crew here that was like into maybe staying the night. You know, could we convince this pilot to hunker this thing down and stay the night? Think about the shots we could get then. You know, it's like things like that where I was just like taking off of a of a jump, taking off of something before I could get it, not land. You know, it's like just a lot of letdown in the backcountry I, I experienced. You know, it was like awesome, so many awesome days, and that's what it's all about. Obviously, you have to be able to, to be stoked with anything you get. You're out heli skiing. But yeah. I just, I felt like I, I don't know, I, I, I appreciate it a lot more at a slower pace. That's not, not like throwing money into the sky, like being hustled in a helicopter. And that's the only other way I've ever experienced like those type of, like being in that type of mountain, you know, so far away out of a helicopter into, I've always, ever since my first day heli skiing, I've wanted to recreate it. I'm like, I'm going to get a helicopter. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I was like, and then just a little more research. Like, well, you know what? Maybe I don't know if I'm going to get a helicopter. But, and then I, I heard my knees started flying and was like, immediately I felt that it was uh, the possibilities right there, you know, 
It was like, it's, it's not that far fetched to put, I've been landing on snow my whole life. A plane with skis on it doesn't seem that far fetched. Yeah. And it isn't, it isn't, it is a lot (laughs) thinking back to like how I thought about it then to how I think about the process now (laughs) is like crazy. But, uh, but yeah, that's just, I, I, that dreams I've always wanted to fly to ski for a lot of years and years. That dream started a long, long time ago. Do you feel, do you feel a sense of like, I don't know, responsibility, stress? Like, is that a bother? Like, I I just look at it from, obviously we are very different people. And I think me saying I'm stressed, I'd be stressed flying a plane is very different to somebody like you, but do you feel a sense of responsibility? Do you feel, I don't know, do you feel the stress of being the pilot in a plane? hundred percent, man. Like that's something that I'd never thought, you know, in the beginning skiing on glad you know is like and then actually doing it is is a, a it, you know is a, absolutely i have huge it's like i feel that responsibility whether the guys i'm with put it on me or not you know they're like I've, a lot of guys i'm with are like whatever happens bro this is the best you know <laughs> like i know dude <laughs> it's all good like, you know try to the ski plane is relatively safe with those skis on it's like you take off you have your three minute or whatever until you're like get a bit of altitude right and then i'm over a landing basically the whole way until i get out over the snow and then in the winter man you clear five thousand feet in squamish and you're like there's nothing but places to land it's like if the engine died at any point it's like there's so many spots to stuff it in if you have the elevation and if not you likely you'll be able to like the deep valleys you'll 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 get a long ways into a valley and you'll hopefully get a river bank or a road or something. And other than hitting a other, another plane, you know, or a chopper in the air, there's like, that's, that's pretty much <laughs> the worst thing that could ever happen, you know, it's, it's, but there's not very many other planes out, you know, it's like, as long as you're paying attention, I feel, uh, I feel it's not the risk. It's just way more risky right with a t like a narrow curvy road with no center median is like gotta be um, uh, i'm losing you a little bit here service wise but yeah no i can you hear me okay yep did yeah. i cut out there yeah you cut out for a little bit there um not for very long but just as you just cut off at like driving through a narrow curvy road with no center median yeah well, I'd say that driving through driving is this thing, you know, it's like the the risk is like the shit that you that, that you don't have any control of, you know, like right. an, another plane coming out of nowhere and you didn't see it is like hitting is like you didn't have you had a little bit of control but not like driving down the road and a guy falls asleep, pulls on that left side of the wheel. Yeah. Bam, you know, oncoming. That seems like there's more inherent risk to me than flying. For sure. Does flying that even safe, happen, though? Man. Does that like does that happen where people come out of nowhere like planes come out of nowhere and it's like oh like an oh fuck moment like I I've never Man, heard of something I, like yeah, that. It does it does happen more than you could ever imagine. Like I fuck. thought like it's crazy. There's not very many planes out there. I my plane is archaic. You can't see. There's like a, the my there's instruments you can have in a plane where it'll show you. There's a screen that'll show you every other plane in the area. And it's crazy, dude. It'll tell you where they are, their altitude. They're like, they're everywhere, man. <laughs> it's like, I was, you fly around thinking you're all alone. It's like, no, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> often. It's like, there's so many planes in the, 
in the area. Like it depends where if you go straight north, obviously not, but but generally is like there's flight paths, you know, it's like guys are flying from one place to another and they, they climb to a certain altitude. Generally, if everyone does the same and they, they fly that flight path because it's the, it's like the train basically forces you the train and weather patterns. You're like, every time I fly a long distance, I'm, I catch myself like not, you know, it's like all, I'm always going over the same spots because it's just like, that's basically where the line, where the line is, the, as the crow flies, but then you're like always have to go around a one spot of a, a big mountain range. Right. So it's like basically like airplane highways. And yeah, man, with my own eyes, I saw two planes hit one time. Like I just got my license and I took off in Pemberton with my buddy. And we just saw like this weird flash and then a bunch of this shit falling out of the sky. We didn't know what it was. I did a, I had 180 out of there and flew out of cell phone service and looking at my buddy like, what the hell was that, man? And when we get back in cell phone service, I had like a thousand messages, a hundred maybe. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, but they were all like, everyone thought it was me. And so I just buzzed the Blackcomb Glacier and everyone was up there skiing. It was like during July, during summer camp. And then landed in Pemberton, picked my buddy up, took off in Pemberton. And that's when we saw it happen when we flew out of service. And it was just a guy, uh, two guys, man, one flying around above the airport and the other guy just in transit. Holy four, four people and a dog. Yeah, they all fell into Naren Falls. It can happen. You know, it's like it can happen. There's every single time a plane hits another one, I, I get a message on Instagram. <laughs> like seven people DM me this crazy plane incident. I'm like, oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> Does that happen. make you more nervous? Like if people like people talking about it all the time? Like I want to watch it and talk about it, man. To be honest, it's like I think that's uh, yeah. It's in it's it's dumb to not you know. It's like to be like, oh, that'll jinx us. Like it's is like let's think about it and talk about it because that'll make us more aware of how we can avoid it. Mm. That's nice. That's how I look at it. It's like I want to think about worst case scenario. And you have to. It's like when you fly to the plane, I'm like always thinking about the worst case scenario, like hoping not to jinx the old girl. But yeah, no, for sure. But I think it's it's interesting to hear you say that because people look at you as like this fucking crazy guy that does like whatever, right? So it's interesting to hear you be like, okay, I am calculated. I think about these things. Well, often when you you get scared, you know, and you're often i'm like if i'm with people that are scared like let's just think about the worst case scenario here buddy you know it's <laughs> like, here's here's like the worst worst it's like there's no way that's gonna happen today that'd be like winning the lottery five times in a row it's like but next the next worst case scenario is like yeah we, we're gonna stay the night but we have all the gear to do it man it's like we're gonna be it'll be fine we'll be fine it'll be an adventure <laughs> that's our worst case scenario people you know like yeah i guess because often you think your worst case scenario is actually not that bad it's not like people have lived through a lot worse man <laughs> yeah. than some than some things that people think are horrible yeah for sure um all right one of the other things i wanted to ask you about again is you're back in an msp film this year um talk to me a little bit about what that was like talk to me about i mean you said abma got you into it this time around what i mean what made you do it for one and what was different now than the last time you were in an msp film yeah i guess it's been a few years man. i had so much fun filming with those guys over the years they're such an awesome crew 
And yeah, this year I just, uh, yeah, I got a call from Abma and Scott Gaffney and they're like, Bush, you want to do some filming? Looks like what you is awesome. It's like, and was obviously, it was like, I'm, I'm down. So we went out and we crushed a couple awesome days and, uh, and the edit turned out really good. It turned out awesome. The part, I haven't seen the, the freshest one, but I saw the, uh, when they were making it and you know, that looks awesome. Man. I was stoked. Super thankful to get to hang with those guys. It's always a treat to hang with that. But more time I can get with that guy, the better. He's the best. Are are there people that you look up to as maybe as skiers or as like outdoor athletes? Like, are there are there people in the industry that you get to work with that you're really excited about beyond Abma, obviously, because you just said that. But are there people that you look up to still? For sure, man. Absolutely. I got lots of heroes, <laughs> people that are just doing awesome stuff. Lots of times you're younger, you know, young guys. And it's like, man, this kid is so sick that I'm like <laughs> humbled to be, to get to go on a, you know, it, it happens less often, you know, as an older guy, but I'm more refined. Like I know what I'm, I know what I'm impressed by. So what impresses yeah, you? Got, like what, what do you like? What do I like? Wow, there's lots of different things, man. <laughs> In skiing, I guess. Like what? Like when you see some shit, like give me an example of somebody who you're like, okay, I watch this dude, and I'm just like, it makes me excited to go skiing. So uh, Sammy, I watch yeah. Sammy Carlson ski, and the way he plays with the mountain man, and the and the times that I've got to spend with that kid in the mountains, he's just he's having so much fun, and he's like, ah, let's you know, he's a super fun kid to ski with. I, I like that guy, and. Uh, I, I think he's a badass. I like how he uh, how he just does his thing. Um, I Adma, I think, is a super badass. Uh, there's lots of people out there, man. I could keep going. I think that Parker White's cool as fuck. I think that kid puts yeah. out an awesome image. I don't know him very well, but I sure if I can. Did you see the new one? Did you see the new bit? I think he's dope. I have it. I'm, I, I should go watch it. I bet it's fucking awesome. Dude, it's, it's the same hilarious. as the one from last. He's fucking hilarious, and I love the way he's, that that dude skis. Yeah, yeah, he's cool, man. He's bringing a really cool vibe to skiing. I think it's awesome. It seems a little less serious when he does it, and I think that that's something that we need a little it's more important. of. important, yeah, I know. It got so serious there. It's true. I think about how when I did the X Games, man, it was lots of Parker White style going on. Yeah, now <laughs> it's now, fucking yeah. so serious. Like, everything is so, it's like the biggest the biggest trick right it's the most spins it's the most whatever yeah. and it's like i mean still kudos to those guys for sure but it's just it's a different era now yeah oh it's a different era snowboarding too i think all sports they should go through transitions you know it was like the wild west in the beginning man it was like prize money for a big air event it was like that sounds sick let's do that <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was like the way like to get paid now. though then right like now it's like you get paid for doing a million different fucking things yeah, that's true too. I mean, yeah, it's true. Well, there was just nothing going on yeah. back then. You know, there was not a lot of company. You know, it's like it's it's grown a lot. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I want to ask you about is Sarah Burke Foundation. Um, it looks like since we last talked, you guys have picked someone um, for this year. So talk to me a little yeah, bit about we... the foundation in general, um, and then who you guys picked and why you picked her. Uh, we picked two people. Okay. Uh, this year, actually, we picked two, and then we gave up four, four 
uh, grants for 500 bucks each because we had so many good applications this year, man. It was hard to go through like every single one. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like, I got to rewatch the one before this. It's like, oh, they're so, some really articulate, smart, smart, really badass kids. It gave, it gave me faith in humanity because, you know, I do see a lot of a lot of babies out there. It's like a, a lot of our applicants were just badass, man. Like, this kid's going somewhere. <laughs> so sick and inspiring to see. Uh, we started the foundation, obviously, because of Sarah and yeah. Sarah's uh, her ideals and how much she was if, uh, just helped the community and helped to every, basically everybody in her path. And so, yeah, we, we started the foundation. It was a no-brainer. And since uh, since the, the founding, we've given away, I want to say it was like the last site was another year, probably almost a quarter million dollars. Maybe I'm low on that one, just on in grants. That's amazing. And, uh, to St. Jude's, yeah, it's pretty cool. And, yeah, this year we got to give it to uh, two kids, Caitlin Nash. She's a luge, a luge rider. Fuck She's probably yeah. going to go to the Olympics. Super badass girl. And, uh, and she's down, like super down like with the, uh, with the community, she's doing fundraisers and she's doing, uh, she's doing all sorts of stuff. It's really cool. And then the other kid we hooked up was, um, oh, his name is going to, cause like, this is going to kill me. It's Trill Grill. I just keep looking at his Instagram. <laughs> Trill Grill. What is this kid's name? I, oh, I can't believe it. Dog, that's almost more important in some ways because like listening to the, you say his name or his Instagram handle is going to bring a bunch of people to his Instagram handle. Trill Grill, dude. That's <laughs> his name. Why can't, it's like, it's burned in my head. I can't believe I'm like having a space cadet moment on that. That's I'll right. come back to it. Well, anyway, Trill Grill <laughs> is super dope. He's a sick snowboarder. He's probably going to the Olympics too. He's he's doing uh, he's doing tons with the community, and he's uh, he's flipping and spinning and stomping with so much ease. It's really really impressive. This kid, man, and and the way he put his his application together was it was gold. It was really good. He 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 actually applied last year, and his application was so good too. And uh, we didn't end up he didn't end up winning one but this year he did so even better and then yeah we hooked up four other kids that were just all around awesome that's amazing that's amazing do you sorry last question for you and then i'll let you get out of here um what does it excite you like competition wise i mean you mentioned the olympics twice and that's the only reason i ask this is the olympics like the standard at this point for you for like competing is x game like I feel like X Games has lost a little bit of steam in the past few years where it's not the same as it used to be, where like people actually cared about, they just look at the highlights, right? And it's not, the viewership isn't the same. And the Olympics, it's what everybody watches all the time. But do comps excite you? Is it the Olympics that excites you? I guess as a viewer more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't watch a lot of like, a lot of tv or comps man yeah yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I, I to be at an event like and watch your homies throwing down is like a pretty exceptional thing to get to do but the olympics obviously it's so mainstream everybody's watching it you know it's like it's emotional man it's like you're riding for your country it's like i look at the olympics i never got to go but i uh 
but I watched them my whole life and always like an Olympic gold medalist is pretty friggin' cool. I think, man, it's like watching Cassie Sharp win the Olympics in yeah. half life and get that gold and then just be like so cool about it. And the way that she had the way she acted afterwards was like that was inspiring to me, man, big time. It was like stuff like that. That's what I'm inspired by. Just the way she was, I just thought she played it really, really well with the, with the media who can, it's, it's hard, man. I thought she did a really good job. And, and on top of that, she skied like a, such a champion and and uh yeah i was i thought that was awesome man having watching her get that opportunity i watched hussein bolt win the olympics man i was like that guy's another one of my <laughs> he wins the olympics and he runs around the stadium <laughs> with the jamaica flag man just like he's like this is for jamaica he gets a contract from puma and in the contract he insists that they give all the all the schools all the kids in jamaica in school shoes <laughs> that's fucking incredible like, that shit to me is the dopest he's like that guy is so cool i was like he's definitely one of my big heroes hussein and yeah and he's they brought they're brought to us by the olympics you know it's like i know it's mainstream and i know it's a huge money-making corrupt situation For i'm sure, sure you yeah. know it's like but at the same time it's like it is what it is man it's like nobody asked them to like corruption is like can be seen in so many ways it's like yeah the judging is not right this and that it's like they're judged events man it's the olympics like it's gonna be always no not everyone's gonna be happy with a, a judged event simple right it's like but it's on such a huge platform and there's just so much money going in and out it's uh that part is like it's whatever it is what it is it also gets it to everybody's tv around the world man which is like i think it's really cool just to bring how sport brings the whole world together is like i think it's i think the olympics is a pretty cool thing it did make skiing more serious you know it made the x games more serious it made it change things for sure but good or bad i think they're changing anyways man as every sport evolves and i and and i also think the x i mean I go to the X Games and watch, and I'm always so impressed, man. It's like, yeah, the kids are so sick. It's like it's a different vibe for sure than it used to be, but it's oh, it's still friggin' awesome, man. And the showcase of like what these people can do, you know, it's always gonna be mind blowing. It's like, especially if you can wrap your head around it a little bit, you know, it's harder these days because in 1800s along, that's a lot to count. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's like, I just think about it as like what I can do, you know, it's like what I have in my brain that I could do on that jump. And like, and then to add three more of those, <laughs> in, in, you know, just like, shit, man. It's like, that's impressive to me. Yeah, I can see how it's like the mainstream may lose interest because it's just so flippy and spinny, like, like an aerialist. But yeah, I, some, the, the style side of it is like, there's still this people being separated by the guy that just lands so smooth and grabs the whole way and like just does like a sick little carve on his takeoff instead of like a snow plow or you know right it's like there's always room for style man and it'll always be appreciated in uh, free skiing i'm sure for sure and i i think that it's like you can't fault the athlete because it's gotten so good, right? Like it doesn't matter no, what that stuff is. It's like incredible. they're just too, yeah, they're too fucking good for the average person to understand. I think in a lot of ways, and that's uh, that's not their fault in any way. Makes me think of the old Tony Hawk 
when we were like doing these crazy like <laughs> triple and I was just like and then I see a human being do it in real life I'm like oh my no it's God, legit a video told, game Tony really changed the game <laughs> giving <laughs> people that POV sort of like the, the I guess not quite the behind the guy POV for like visualizing yeah insane things yeah for sure <laughs> it is it's fucking insane it's so crazy yeah um it's awesome so all right we're on uh we're on banana bread time so i'll I'll let you get out of here um i will uh I'll, I'll i'm sure i'll text you and let you let you know when this thing is out and uh i'll have some other quick questions for you to put in the in the description but i appreciate you doing it's this for round two there's Liam Gill is Trill Grill's name. I don't know why. <laughs> Trill Grill just took over my whole brain on that. Trill Grill. Anyway, check him out. He's dope. So is Caitlin Nash. And uh, we're stoked to support those kids. All right, brother. Thank you for the time. I appreciate you. Right on. Appreciate you too, man. Have Later. Bye. Later.